Hey guys, what's up? It's Rich. Before you listen to the MTR Beyond the Mic with the staff from Royal Flush Magazine, I just wanted to let you guys know that this interview, unlike others, is going to be unedited. There's just going to be some slight uh, excess sound removal, but we're going to keep it as clean as possible just because it's something I promised the crew from Royal Flush I was going to do, and... I figured it would just be a little different in terms of keeping the interview natural. So don't be surprised if things sound a little different than usual. Um, the only thing I will account for is some issues that Modest Johnny had with his Skype, which I'm going to edit accordingly only because it upsets the flow of the interview. Other than that, though, everything else will remain unchanged. Make sure to visit royalflushmagazine.com and check out any of the links posted in the interview notes. Enjoy. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? It's Rich. Welcome to the newest installment of MTR Beyond the Mic. This week, we are joined by the crew of Royal Flush Magazine, a self-published magazine covering art, film, rock, and also movies and video games as well. Joining me is Steve, Danny, and Johnny. You can check them out at royalflushmagazine.com. What's going on, guys? Hey. How you doing? Doing well. All right. Now... Before we started the interview, I, I got acquainted with some of the guys, but let's uh, let's start from the top, and I'll start with Danny first. Danny, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with Royal Flush Magazine and how you got started. Hey, so um, I'm actually the games editor. I headed up the gaming section for Royal Flush Magazine online, and it's funny because Steve just... I used to work with Steve um, in a former life, and... He literally just said, hey, Danny, would you like to contribute to the website? And that's pretty much how it started. Uh, it started out with just games that I purchased and wanted to put get reviews out there because I honestly didn't like what I was reading. I enjoyed writing, so I figured, hey, might as well put them up on the site and have people read it. And there's a bunch of followers that came with Royal Flesh, so I was blessed that way, I guess. Okay. All right, what about you, Modest Johnny? Um, well, I mean, actually, um, me and Danny met over at PAX back in uh, 2010, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, we were playing rock band. <laughs> we were. Um, I actually tore my voice up really bad on um, some Judas Priest. <laughs> but um, we talked it up, and then um, actually nothing came of it later, and I'm not even kidding when I say this. I, I was sitting at home bored one day. And it was one of those situations where I was like, man, I, you know what? I feel like being a game editor today. And I, me and Danny, you know, she gave me a business card, and I actually um, contacted her and then eventually um, Steven. And um, they're like, yeah, we're, we're doing the game session, you know, da, 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 can, you know, submit some writing, we'll go from there. And one thing led to another, and then I went into, you know, contributing to their game section. Yeah. Nice. And Steve, you so. are known as the right-hand man, so... What makes you the right-hand man, and what got you there in the first place? 
I'm here by default, and I'm sort of also the uh, the only guy who can kind of put up with uh, with the insanity of of the head honcho Josh Bernstein. He's he's sort of like the uh, the brain trust. He's he's the guy that says we're going to take municipal waste, the uh, thrash band, and we're going to take them down to a um, a go kart race alley in Jersey. And, and race these four drunk metalheads around a track and see if you can get at them. <laughs> and I'm the guy that's always like, are you fucking kidding? So so uh, not only am I there to, to, to corral him in, but we, Josh and I have known each other for 20 years. And um, ever since that, we've always done like like really ridiculous stuff. But um, to the point of like, like Josh would say, hey, let's, let's throw a party. He's like, all right. He's like, Okay, we're gonna rent a hall. I was like, a hall? He, yeah, we're gonna rent a hall for uh, 500 people, and we can get 25 bands and 30 artists. And I'm like, wait, we're th- what are we doing? And you know, th- that's how this all became. And and uh, you know, and and it was uh, it was like, all right, we're gonna start making magazines now. Okay, we're gonna make a comic anthology. Great. And you know, after after not too long, um, people started taking notice. Bands like the the Misfits were like, hey, let's do something or. You know, my chemical romance was like, this is really cool stuff. Let's, uh, you know, would you be interested in an interview? So, um, I guess my role by default became that I was, uh, what I meant by, I don't necessarily mean by default. It was, you know, Josh and I were like really good friends and we would just bounce ideas off of each other. And though there were other people that maybe uh, by by their input put more creatively or editorially into the into the process josh and i had the same wavelength or have we have the same wavelength as far as uh what we think the royal flush idea is and i guess to sum up what royal flush is royal flush is a bunch of guys from a small section in new york that that have like uh think that this is cool this what we're what we're showing you is cool and we think it's cool and that's the only reason we're telling you about it and you know you know we're not going to tell you about stuff that we don't like and you know we're not necessarily going to be flattering to the things we like we might rip into them but you know we still love we still love you know like the bad guy johnny from uh from karate kid you know we're going to call him an asshole we're going to show you the worst parts of of uh of him but you know in the long run we love that guy so uh yeah that's me i draw great <laughs> stuff I i'm very em- embarrassed by what we publish but uh terribly offensive <laughs> but that's yeah that's me in a nutshell uh in my my little role in royal flush no no um, problem um uh, Modest Johnny, with with you meeting Danny at PAX, obviously we know you're a gamer, but oh, yeah. what um what motivated you to start contributing to them in particular, other than your relationship with Danny? Was it just that you felt that the the game industry was being poorly represented with what was out there? Did you feel that you just had something better to add than everybody else? What what was what, <laughs> what was the linchpin for you? What what set you off well, to, to go I mean, this road? There was like. Well, there was a there was some interesting things with that. I mean, when I first got started, it was you know I, w- before I even contacted Danny, I actually checked out the site, and I actually dug it. Like it was you know I, I dug the the dark sense of humor. I was like you know this. Uh oh. Johnny cut out earlier than he thought. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's had the call drops at yeah. least at least twice. Let me see if uh. Well, at prison they only give you a couple of quarters to pay for your for your call. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody, don't move. 
<laughs> All right, you good? Yeah, I'm good. My condition is a little weird today, it seems. All right. <laughs> anyway, no, well, back to what I was saying is, you know, I saw it and I, I saw the dark humor, and you know, well, not really dark, but, you know, it had a great sense of humor, and I, I saw what was going on, and, I, you know, I thought it would be a great way. I, I have a, you know, I don't want to say I'm like a dark or sinister individual or anything, but, I mean, I, I felt it, it, it was edgy enough where I could kind of explore, you know, my views on, you know, video games. It was, it was very brash and unapologetic, and I really dug that. And so, you know, that's I why... Think, Johnny, I think a lot of people appreciate that. I think there's a level of honesty that, that, we, can, that we can give just because we're talking in our own voice. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't give any guidelines for reviews, just... Give us your honest opinion. If it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, then tell us why it's so great and why everyone should run out and pick it up. Exactly. I mean, if you look at our site, I don't think any a single one of our reviews actually. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> he really is is not he very well. Gives a number score. There you go. Okay. You're good. Which is so wait, you're gonna have to. You know. And I'm. <laughs> But yeah, no, we don't even give a number score. We just, like, we want our people to read it. They don't want, you know, just look at the bullet points at the end of the, you know, review. Yeah. I think that's the only guideline I gave you. Like, don't put a number at the end of it. Yeah, I, you know, I think we just kind of agreed on it. Like, it just yeah. felt natural that way. Well, not for nothing. I feel that the number system doesn't really accomplish anything than, than people scrolling all the way down and going, all right, it got a six. And sometimes I feel that utilizing a number system is an easy way out. Yeah. Versus versus stating an opinion. I think that it's better to say, all right, well, my final thoughts on the game is this game is a piece of hot shit. Versus, oh, this game is awesome. It, it's it's better to tell somebody that that they can relate to versus taking the easy way out and going, this game's a three. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Let me write me... five hundred words and then let me stick on that number at the end. Right. Yeah, and it's just. You know... You look at that, and it just—it really takes away from the experience, especially when you like read a lot of reviews, and then you'll read like reviews where they really dig into the game, and then they they stamp like a nine on it, so as not to detract from the Metacritic score or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's such horseshit. And I mean, that's that's commonplace in the video game industry. And then you know, every now and then they'll give you like a legit opinion. And you read it, it's like, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great. And they go and they give the game a seven, and, and you're like, what what are you doing? Well, a couple of years, well. Wow, is it a decade ago? I remember reading the Village Voice review for Spider-Man. Oh, boy. And, and after reading it, I was like, did the guy see the movie? Like, I, I walked away, <laughs> like, like curious as to whether or not the movie was good or if the, the reviewer saw it. And I think that at, at least we achieve a little bit more than that. We're telling you, you know, we're, we're stating opinions, we're, and we're not, we're not, we're not also... Um, uh, like we're not answering to anyone else. Like no one's paying any review, uh, paying for reviews, and and no one's paying any, you know, no outside uh, third parties paying for for this information. This is this is like I said, it's it's we're writing about it because we like it. We're writing because we love it, or 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 we hate it so much we're gonna write it. <laughs> yeah, we have to warn you, you know. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, is a lot of times you'll go to another game site or even another movie site, and, you know, it just kind of rings in sincere when you, you go to the loading page, and the entire site's decked out for this one game or this one movie, and they have, read the review here, and you just look at it, it's like, well, you know, I think I've got some alternative motives here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I respect that. 
a lot and you know if you guys have have seen what we do we we do the same thing there's yeah sure there there may be some type of rev, of a review component in there but i refuse to to sit by and sugarcoat the the negatives of any type of a game and you know i respect what you guys do with that i mean i was looking at the at the mario kart review you wrote johnny and i was you know i was like oh yeah it's perfectly it's perfectly explained that a 10 year old or 12 year old kid that's playing this game can read and go okay that makes sense you know you don't want to be too wordy or too you just want it easily read because if you make it idiot proof i'm sure they'll make a better idiot but at least people will get the (laughs) gist of it you know you know, a lot of times, I mean, if you read some of the other reviews, and you know, we stick a little bit of word, um, humor in there. It might come off as a little wordy sometimes, but it's only when it's appropriate. It's really to make it, you know, the review entertaining as well. Exactly, and that's all, that's a plus. A good... Well, the other question I had, and this is the 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 workflow to build this magazine. When when do you guys start working? Like, you guys were or have a new magazine coming out this summer. How do how do you guys start building content for that? What's the workflow like? So the the, ma- the magazine usually ships. We have our party. We always throw a pretty pretty elaborate uh, release party. Uh, sometimes it, it and if we're lucky, it can coincide with the Royal Flush Festival. Um, and the day after the party, Josh and I are usually like, we're not doing another fucking magazine ever because it's it's hell. It's hell putting it together. But um, and people that magazine, they are so impressed with it. Like they, they see so much more than just the website. Oh yeah, the uh, and if and if people are only familiar with the the website, the uh, the magazine takes um, takes like almost a whole a whole nother, uh, um It puts us in a whole other level. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. But but uh, as far as the what usually happens is somewhere along the line, someone comes to us and says, "Hey, I I uh, I might have an interview with Johnny Depp." And you're like. I guess we're doing another magazine. So it's it's like that's that's what happens. Something comes along that we can't not do. And hmm. then and then we just have to we don't even necessarily look for stuff. People we have we have a lot of um friends and acquaintances in the industry and sometimes these people are just in the right place at the right time and they're like, "Hey, I I have a 43-minute interview with so and so." And you're like, "All right, well, you know, you know, you know how we do it." Can you put something together? And they put it together, and then we we find you know we check out that interview and we find the best artist that fits that that interview, and uh, and then we go to town. And other times, what happens is sometimes like a you know a piece a person like Peter Cooper or um, or or Chip Kidd will say, hey, you know, I want to do something for the magazine, and you're you're so blown away that you can't not do it. And you know, it's it's almost like it's almost like a child, and you know, you say, "Oh, when are you gonna fin- feed the child next?" And it's like, "Well, when the baby, you know, when the child's hungry." And that's exactly what it is. The the, the magazine sort of it's 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 a snowball rolling down a hill that we no longer can contain. We just have to keep feeding it. That makes that's a that's a great a great way to look at it. I think that taking that approach helps you guys guys focus on more content. You know, it, instead of just pigeonholing it into one book you guys build a huge catalog of content and then just drop it on people in, yep. in, in a fully featured magazine and that, that whole you, you mentioned building the funny thing is is uh if you look magazine to magazine it's kind of, it's always morphing there's always something that's that wasn't in the one before or something that is 
has changed and grown because you know new people come in new perspectives are grown people grow you know well i i wanted to to ask regarding your the covers you guys choose how do what's the, the how do you guys come up with the artists and just the concepts for the covers cuz that like, like i was i was speaking to you earlier about you know hispanic batman it, it just <laughs> it just jumped out at me as just something so so crazy well, what's even crazier is that we got Tim Bradstreet to draw the fucking cover. Mm-hmm. It's Tim Bradstreet. He drew a Spanish Batman. You know, it's uh, it's insane. Uh, you know, the the thing was the thing was that uh, he, he contacted um, he contacted uh, Josh and was like, "Hey, this is this is crazy." And we were like, "Yeah, it, it is." Hey, want to do a cover? And he was like, "Oh, yeah, sure." You know. So, uh, it was, I, I think I was telling you earlier, I still, I look back at that and I, um, I can't believe that we published it. It's so offensive that, that magazine, the, the Hispanic Batman. I, I have, I have zero issue with it and I'm, and I'm, his, <laughs> and I'm Hispanic. I, I looked at it and I chuckled only because, uh, one of our writers, he, he watches community and he always likes to reference Abed Batman. Uh huh. And, um. <laughs> You know, when I saw the whole Hispanic Batman thing, I said, this, this is what Abed Batman should be. <laughs> this. Just just unapologetic, blatantly out there. Because sometimes crossing the line like that, it works just because it's humor that makes people want to look at the content. Yep. And then, you know, you brought, up the, uh, you brought up the covers and how we choose them. And uh, I was thinking about it just while we were going over this. And it's... It's kind of funny. The, the the covers aren't chosen. They're they're almost um, they're almost predestined. We interviewed uh, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance, and not because of how big he was, but because of everything he he stands for. He is first and foremost a comic artist, mm-hmm. and then he is a in a rock band, and then it he's a comic writer, and then if you le- uh, listen to or read the lyrics, he's very much a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And no one at that time represented Royal Flush more than he did. It was exactly everything that was Royal Flush. Uh, after that, we, on a lark, contacted um, Hugh Hefner. And he was more than happy to do an interview. And he actually invited Josh out to the um, uh, Playboy Mansion. Wow. And, if, you know, if you know... Hugh Hefner's story, you know, he's a self-made millionaire who, who was a, a, a comic artist who then went on to redefine his, his persona. He created Hugh Hefner. That's not a person, you know, and yeah, he became, he was then the next embodiment of what Royal Flush is. And then, you know, the follow, to follow that up, we interviewed, um, Rob Zombie and you know Rob Zombie's a comic artist. Rob Zombie is an insane rock and roll persona. Um, he's a movie maker. He makes horror movies. He, you know, he he's the pers- he's the persona. You you know, that's what I mean. It's like predestined. You know, we find we find an interview and it's like you know yeah this guy is exactly who we are. Well, you know, I think that, and you know, I just uh, there was a pause there because I you know I'm trying to get Johnny back in. No problem. Um, let me let's try this again and see how it works. Do it for Johnny. Yeah, we got to do it for Johnny and bring him in there because I know he had to he had the book. All right, these dots are beeping. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, when you guys go, when Josh went out there to do the Hugh Hefner interview and and he came back, how did he describe that experience and how were you able to to convey that into the magazine to where you can paint Hugh Hefner differently? Because, you know, the average person looks at Hugh Hefner and they're like, look, it's a dirty old man surrounded by a whole bunch of women, even though there's a deeper story than that. And he's only, you know, he's only embraced that that side of it now that he's older. How, right. how, how did you guys approach the interview to just paint him as just a, a regular self-made man? It was funny. He he saw what we were doing. He saw the magazine. He saw what we wrote about. And he more, he approached us more like a, uh, more like a, an elder statesman who is, who is sitting you down and, 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 and telling you how to do what he's done. And I think that that's that, that, uh, generosity and that, um, that honesty came through really, really easily in the interview where, you know, he just talks about being in the war and writing, uh, drawing comics while he was in the war and, and how, you know, he uh, was this person, this scrawny guy mm-hmm. and, and wanted to, uh, you know, just be something better. And the whole, you know, the whole dirty lech thing didn't really come in. It just, uh, it, you know, he was this genuine guy and just spoke about how, how he went from being, you know, a scrawny little comic nerd and, and built an empire. But it, but it didn't. It never came across as like, as preachy, or it never came across as. Uh, it was just, it was just guy being honest about how he, you know, he did something he loved. No, well, you know, the the funny thing is like when when you see him and you see the way the magazine's presented, there's always that level of class that still exists in Playboy. I mean, the problem the problem I've always had with it, and it's great that um. It's great that you guys were able to get the interview and just paint him, you know, as a human. It's just the fact that his magazine is always going to be considered the gold standard when it comes to presentation of, of the female form, only because it's always oh, yeah. classy. There's always a level of of keeping it. Uh, there's always the art element to it, which is good. The only problem that that the medium now has is that it's evolved to the point where the magazine's not necessary anymore. Right. Yep. It's it's like you know you you look at Maxim and then you know FHM when it was here in the states, and it's like the only thing that separates the those two magazines is fabric, right? And and that's you know that's a that's a bit of a problem. So I so it's good to see that you guys were able to 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 give a, a raw and honest interview with him. That's that's not just watered down with how did you start Playboy and. Right. You know, why do you have so many girls and why do you wear the smoking jacket and do you take Viagra? So, you know, <laughs> right. It was it was more than that. It was about this classy motherfucker, you know, like like, the, you know, there's plenty of guys who are all like, dude, I'm a pimp. No, you're not. Fuck, fucking, you know, that that guy's a pimp and he doesn't even have to flaunt it so hard. You know, the OG. One thing that and, and I had asked Danny about this, you know, you guys run ad free. Yeah. So. With regards to just revenue stream and 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 just building the magazine itself, how do you guys put that together? I mean, you don't have to go into the financials of it, but how does it all come together to get it out to print and into stores and get it released? So there was never a business model, and there was never a how do we do this to make money sort of mentality. 
it started out as an art project amongst friends and it got attention of other artists and other writers and more and more people that just wanted to work on it that weren't saying like, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to be employed by your magazine. People were like, dude, this is so cool. I want to be part of this. They're like, all right, you know, pitch us a story. Right. So the magazine got bigger because more and more professional writers, professional artists, newcomers wanted to just be part of something. So the more that the, the more that people wanted to be part of it, the bigger that it actually grew because the more attention that it got because of all these people. So like I said, we never had a business model for how to make how this thing to make would make money. So what actually wound up happening was is that this art project, we would re we would release it and we'd make money back from the from uh, you know store sales and stuff like that and from you know uh, actual like person to person sales like me selling to to people that I know and stuff like that and uh, and then we always would throw these parties uh, these release parties and they just got bigger and and better as the magazine got bigger and better and the whole the whole plan was just you know sell enough magazines to make to make the next one possible that and a couple of really kind of cool graphic design uh jobs that uh that josh and myself and and our other partner eric would uh would um do together and, and you know just throw a little extra money in the pot to, to be able to do it so it was always it was always an art, art project that was you know self-funding so to say gotcha Danny, what's been the coolest thing you've gotten, you've got to do since working with Royal Flush? To be honest, going to all the conferences. So going to PAX, meeting Johnny there, going to E3 was also a treat. But just now that I'm with Royal Flush, I'm able to go up to actual game developers and producers and actually talk to them and get their view behind the game and behind the scenes and that's that's the coolest part not not getting the occasional dlc code or or getting press releases actually talking to people has been the cool part and then seeing the magazine at the at the end of this long journey is also the icing on the cake too and see De De danny's young and I'm old, and she gets to take advantage of all this running around going to these uh, <laughs> going to these conferences, and I'm like, eh, snapper. Dude, we are close to the same age. You no, just, don't tell people know. that. Don't tell people that. <laughs> you got to edit that part out. Young and beautiful, and I'm old and ugly. Ah, oh, that's why. We are our own worst critics. <laughs> <laughs> I I took I saw I saw photos from the um, the video game day. That we took Danny, mm -hmm. and any photo I came out in, it was apparently very obvious that I hate taking pictures. <laughs> so, so I can under I, I can I can understand what Steve is saying, but I with with being able to go to all these events, where mm -hmm. do you where where do you fit in doing magazine work and nine to five? How do you, how do you guys juggle the schedule? And Danny, you know you can answer that first. Well, I, I work um, in in the internet industry, per se, so right. I'm always in front of a computer, so I always have access okay. to email or WordPress, so if I need to do something, sometimes I do do it at work, um, 
but it's usually like one-off emails, just logistics to get people to get contacts for a particular um, title or something. And I usually work late nights, to be honest, because I feel like my my opinion matters. And even if people don't read it, I don't care. I still want to put the time in and write it. I, I respect that 100%. What about you, Steve? Uh, the funny thing is, like, well, I, I, it's actually not that funny. When you love something, you find time for it. I think that's all it comes down to, you know? Um when like I, i'm i'm a I'm, I'm a dirty metalhead you know and when i got when i got the call like hey two weeks you're going to uh, interview rob zombie at his house oh shit. You know, for, for for sure i was gonna go there and then you know uh when i sat down to to work on the illustration you know that i was gonna put everything i had into it and when i sat down to work on the design I was going to put everything that I had into it. And uh, when I sat down to write the actual interview, it was going to be the best piece of literature I put to paper. And, um, and then, you know, Josh and I were, we are our own. Some, some people can't even really riff with us when, when it comes down to like artists and, and designers. And I don't mean that in a way that we're, we're superior to anybody, but we force each other to do the best possible job that, that we, you know, that we could, that we could do we we sometimes drive each other to the point where we're like no it's done all right i'm done i put 67 hours into this i'm done so you know there's this there's this drive that we have individually and then there is this shared drive to make the other guy better and that coupled with just you know loving the 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 chance to write about the stuff that we have such a passion for that's that's how you find that extra time you know some some people play video games or some people go out clubbing and some people <laughs> play in bands and some, you know, I sit at home and I draw all freaking day. And in meetings. And at meetings, yes. <laughs> and on the subway and, you know. And on your phone <laughs> and on your hand. He's constantly drawing. Like, yeah. I don't know anyone that is as passionate about graphics as Steve. Thanks, I, I, res- I respect that. Oh, hold on one second. My phone seems to be ringing. Ah, not now. Hold on one second, guys. Are you playing your banjo, Steve? I am, I am. <laughs> that would be my significant other forgetting that I was on the phone. <laughs> Aww. All right, now we're good. Who play? Who was playing the guitar? <laughs> oh, I was. Aha. Yeah, Steve's making a cigar box banjos, right? Yeah, yeah little cigar box guitars. Yeah. Are you doing? Are you doing that just as a hobby, or for, or for, <laughs> or, or, or you know, you're putting you're putting that as something that you're gonna sell in the store? <laughs> it's a little of both. <laughs> I just sold two today. Nice. Yeah. Well, then we're we're gonna have to discuss that so we can put that out there too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't even. Uh, one thing I noticed on the site, you guys don't even have, have, have advertising on your site. Was that a conscious decision? Yeah, um, not necessarily. Um, you know, there there have been things that have come up, and there's just there's really not a want for the money. 
<laughs> I, it sounds that sounds so terrible because yes, we could all use a little bit extra money, but um, um, I don't think anyone's doing it for the money. That's yeah. that's why it's not like ads aren't essential for us because we're all doing we're all contributing to Royal Flush because we all are passionate. So if we if we need money, we we wouldn't put it on the site pretty much. Yeah. Gotcha. I I respect that so much because that's the toughest part about getting into any aspect of this industry. I mean, doing doing the show as long as I have, you get to a point where you invest more than you get out of it and it becomes a labor of love. So I can see where you guys really you guys really love what you do even to the point where you're you forego sleep and anything else to bring it to the masses. So, you know, I got to commend you for that. Thanks. Mhm. Thank you. Danny, when we were at the at the video game day, I I, I gotta ask, and and this is just 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 for 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 shits, the pink wig. What's the deal with the pink wig? So I bought. <laughs> it's because she looks slamming in it. I always wanted a wig, so I think was it the year before? Yeah, the year before last, I bought it at Comic Con. And I was like, ooh, I think this is the most awesomest wig ever. So I took a bunch <laughs> of pictures, and I just made that my icon, not knowing that people are going to search for me with the pink wig. Like, that never came across to me at all. <laughs> or that because I'm on Twitter, I will be meeting people it, that are in New York and just happen to be at events. That just never ha- never occurred to me. I, I didn't think that the pink wig would be such a like a hit with um my followers so the pink wig is seriously just for fun <laughs> well yeah I, I i figured that i said all right if she's gonna be at this event she's clearly not gonna show up in a pink wig but there's a part there's a part of me that said maybe she might because i've seen <laughs> i've seen i've seen some stuff and and you guys can vouch for this where you meet these people that have these personas and then you meet them in person and they're still their personas yeah, so. no, there, there is no persona with me. Um, the the pink wigs just for I guess a little anim- anonymity um, on Twitter and on Facebook, because I am get like I do just being a female on any social network, you will get a lot of followers. So mm. I was like, I don't, I don't want the wrong kind of person to to spot me. So gotcha. That's how I'm a little bit more selective. But I will start dropping hints on what I'm wearing to a particular event so people can easily find me now. Make a note of that, guys. She has <laughs> the pink wig for a, we- for a reason, so please <laughs> don't be a creep about it. Yes. No. And, and, and just so everyone knows, Royal Flush knows a whole lot of unsavory fellows. Nice. So if, <laughs> if anyone ever has to defend our, our dear girl's honor... Throats will be slit. Yeah. There we go. That's that's the best way to put it out there. I like that. I like that you can paint that level of security for for your employees. <laughs> well, I didn't know I had a security detail with Royal Flash. That's good to know now. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's back, girl. well, let's talk digital expansion. I know you guys were were mentioning it on your site, and you guys had a preview for it. But the digital expansion that you guys are doing on your site versus. Um, going into the mobile space is it is it two different presentations or or is it all going to meet in the middle and what you see digitally on the site going to translate to what you see on on a mobile device well we um 
we're still in the sort of I don't want to call it exploration period, but uh, we are we've just actually seen the ninety-five to ninety-eight percent finished iPad app, which is um, it's going to be free for download, and it'll give you previews of the magazines. So um, you'll be able to see like the first ten pages for free, or or uh, I forget if it's if it's the first ten or if it's a select number of ten or something, but. Um, after that, you'll be able to purchase, as opposed to purchasing the magazine at a bookstore or something, you'll be able to purchase the magazine on the iPad. Uh, and they look fantastic. We were really kind of um, apprehensive, because there is something about the presence of the magazine. The magazine weighs a pound. And I'm not kidding. The magazine weighs a pound. It's huge. It's slick. All the pages are gloss. Our actual stock paper is thicker than most magazine covers. You know, wow. Royal Flush is Royal Flush is an impressive tome to hold in your hand, and we were we were nervous about a uh, a digital uh, version of it, but when we saw it on the i on the iPad, it put all all fears aside because it just looks so good. You know, the the colors are just so bright and so the, well. The iPad itself is just a killer presentation, and you know, and you throw you throw any of our designs that you know those lush designs, and they just look stunning. So uh, for now, what's going to happen is we've, we're going to be launching the books. We're also going to be going back into the way back into the older books because most people that are fans of the site or of the magazine have no idea what one, two, and three look like because they're out of stock. They were uh, there were only you know a handful printed back in the day because we didn't you know like I said there was no plan for this to go as far as it did. So the the plan is to to kind of handpick the best stuff out of that and, and publish it to the iPad uh, application. So with that, you know, eventually there's probably going to be an a, an expansion on that to include uh, the digital media, the the site media. But uh, for now, it's going to be um, it's going to be the uh, the alternative to the print. Gotcha. One thing I I noticed, and I couldn't find the person who wrote this, and I wanted to ask you both about it. There was an article in the in the digital trial that you had about Hulk Hogan. Who wrote that? Oh, about about Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Do you uh do you remember what it what it uh It had a it was Hogan and Piper in the in the article. And Oh, um, that was during the Rowdy the Rowdy Piper uh uh interview. Hang on, I could probably pull it up. Because I, because I just, I just want, I gotta say that, the the breakdown of that interview and just the 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 moments that were mentioned in there as a, as a wrestling fan, the person did their homework. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, the the dudes the the dudes in our crew. They they their love of of wrestling is embarrassing. <laughs> you know they they you know these are guys. Josh actually interviewed for the uh, for a position at WWE, and they were like, "Well, you know, the guys like to know that you know about uh, about uh, wrestling." And he was like, "Bring anyone in here, I'll do their finishing move on them." You know, <laughs> Josh, Josh is like, he's he's a nerd's nerd, and he he's a he's a a font of of knowledge that's that's. Sometimes I'm like, wait, are you an 85 year old Jewish man? Like, what? Who, how do you know this information? And he doesn't you know? even look like it either. Like, you can never tell by just looking at him. 
Yeah, yeah, because you know he's he's all dressed like uh, like 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 a slick little rocker with his spiky hair, <laughs> you know. And then he's he can he can school he can school anybody in rock knowledge and in wrestling knowledge and you know. And when he goes to an interview, like. He actually got in trouble with Danzig, with Glenn Danzig, because he knew more of Danzig's history than Danzig chose to oh, uh, no. admit to, you know, and, and the wow. interview didn't end well. He, he just, he does his research, he knows his stuff, and, and he doesn't forget a thing. So, you know, you know, if he's sending someone on an, on an interview, it's because they know more than him, so... Yeah, that Piper, that Piper interview. Some of the stuff that was mentioned, the stuff about Hogan, it was it was amazing. You know, the the referencing of Snooker with the coconut, which is one of oh, my one of my moments when I was a kid. You know, I remember seeing that when I was a kid and going, "Oh man, he hit him with a coconut." You know, like like <laughs> like it's such a a great nostalgia trip. And you know, I wanted to take a moment and just say that that was an awesome fucking article. <laughs> I'll pass it along. I also like the. Um, I'm a big listener of Opie and Anthony, so one of the guys that they had in there was uh, Mike Birbiglia, and I actually liked that article on him as well because he he was on ONA and he had to do a live show for the, for them for an event, and he bombed so terribly on stage. Ugh. So it's nice to to read an article about him and just get a different type of insight. Funny, funny bit of back knowledge that not too many people know about uh, when. A couple of people from our establishment went to interview Jeffrey Ross. It was before he was uh, to go on stage. I think it might have been at Caroline's, but I'm, I'm not for sure. The interview went fantastic. They kind of hit it off really well. And then um, certain things were brought out to enhance the, 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 the happiness that everybody was in for, the, for such a great interview. Ah. And Jeffrey Ross got on stage and bombed terribly <laughs> oh shit we uh and you know it might have been the fault of people from from royal flush that's okay no harm in that that's a that's a that's a notch you guys can can add to to the many notches of stuff that you guys have done <laughs> like hey we forced a comedian to bomb nothing personal but it was funny yeah yeah <laughs> all right i have two other questions and we we can tie everything up nicely um, Danny, what are you working on now that we can expect to see on the site? Well, I'm working on, along with the rest of the game writers, on editorial pieces for the book. Oh, so okay. We're, we're looking for content, um, trying to find stuff that fits in, because I personally feel, even though la the last book included game reviews in there, I... Felt like it dated the book and it felt kind of weird. So this year, this book, it's going to be something that ties along with the theme of the rest of the book, pretty much. So it's getting our real editorial pieces out there. Because if you look on the site, yeah, we do put our opinions out there, but we don't do really hard-hitting editorials because we're all saving them for the book. Yeah, I, I did notice that most of the reviews, which is what I like, the reviews are compressed enough that you can read them get a feel for it you know if the game is good you know if the game sucks and i noticed not not too much focus on on exactly what you were saying just the not the politics of the game industry but just you know the the underbelly of it which i think with what you guys do i think is is something that would definitely be worth mentioning 
Yeah, because I feel like there's so many podcasts out there. There's Twitter and Facebook where people are just honestly giving out their opinions. Like, there's no filter, really. So if we can just contain them all to the book and have them all consolidated there, so then we could keep the website to current, up-to-date, review, get-your-fast info there. And then the book is the timeless pieces, the pieces that you could just pick up later see the Rob Zombie article, read the, the Hulk Hogan, and then come across our gaming thoughts, pretty much. We don't know what they are yet, but come across it later on and 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 just understand it. I I think that going that route is... Uh, I, hell, I want to read that, only because you, you've gone to so many events. There's, there's more to it than just play the game, write about the game, did the game suck or not. Yeah, there, there's more to it. That's what I'm noticing. Like, I I go to all these things and people don't really talk about their conversations that they have with all these developers. And that's where the core of everything is, is you you talk to these people, you got to understand why they're doing uh, a sports game on the Kinect. Like, yep. that's unheard of. Tell me more. Like, what was your inspiration? Did you look at other Kinect games to... Which ones did you like? Which ones you didn't like? And, oh, you you just started working for this publisher. Why did you leave your last publisher? Like, those things are things that are important, and they don't get as much attention as the actual game and the gameplay. While important, it's also important to talk to people and understand their thought process behind something that they're putting out there for you. Yeah, I, th- I, I think that the... That sometimes, and this is one thing I, I, I really enjoy, is just not not going after the free game or the free demo. I mean, it's great and all, but just going after the people, because yeah. it's the, the the people give you so much more meat and potatoes, you know, versus versus the game. The game, you get it, you play it, you you sell it, you you lend it to your friends, and you're done. The people, though, you can connect with, which is what I like. What Steve was saying with with Jeffrey Ross, you know, you connect with that person to build a relationship, but also memories that can play out into other content. Yeah, that's that's totally that's totally you understand why I started writing game reviews pretty much or why I started to stick around with Royal Flush. I mean, after I I posted up a couple of articles, maybe after I got my first free game, I could have said, ah, I could do this on my own. I've already got the contacts. But no, I stuck with Royal Flush. It's something that because I was the first one there, I can mold it, which is a good thing. And the staff I have is just great. Yeah, and well, and Danny's got a determination, which is which is nice, you know. That, and that's that's one of the hard thing that hard things for us is to find people that there's a lot of people that want to do, but there's there's very few people that want to have the level of of uh, of involvement that Danny has. So it's 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 a pleasure to have to have her her doing what she does. Aw, thanks. Can you write that in my LinkedIn profile? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> thanks. Hey, Steve, have you guys given thought to expanding beyond print into other mediums, going into, you know, video and YouTube and stuff like that, just because it's such undiscovered country and, you know, given the the content you guys provide, do you feel that you would bring that to a a fresher audience going that route or you you just feel that there's a more creative freedom on the press, you know, doing it, you know, just in print? Um, Well, we... We have explored some of those areas, like um, 
we've uh, we've done like some like you know crazy um, commercial like you know like um, parody commercials and stuff like that. But um, I think I think a lot of us, or at least the core the core foundation of us, the the print is really what we are gung ho about. Um, I don't want I don't want to say never because you never know who's gonna join the group in the next three months or the next year or something because we could very easily have someone that's just like hey I love what you guys do but I make videos how can I be involved and and that guy could very easily be- become our like uh, you know our new kind of like uh, hotshot punk that comes along and, and does exactly what you're talking about yeah I I only ask only because there's there's such a wealth of content and your release schedule allows you to, to cram so much of it into the books. But sometimes you want to get it out there a little sooner. And I'm sure some of you, uh, you know, either you or Danny or some of the other staff sometimes are chomping at the bit to get, you know, X, Y, Z piece out there. Yeah. Oh, no, they're all self-publishers. Like, that's what the great thing about being part of the web is. If they want content up there, they'll create it. Like, Johnny did his um, walkthrough of the Steam app. And he was oh, like, yeah. I'm going to do this. I create. He created his own YouTube account and posted it up there, posted it with his um, article, and he was all set. I started, um, I started to put more video content up there because I was going to events and taking videos, but not really mentioning them in my article. So I was like, this year is the year. I'm going to invest... And I'm gonna post up all these videos that are just clog- clogging up my hard drive and get them up there. And now they're up there in the YouTube and part of the articles. All right. And my last my my last question, and this is this is one that can can be answered a few ways. Thus far, Danny, what has been your worst experience as a gaming journalist? <laughs> so I will not say who. That's okay. There's no I'm who's required. I went to um, try out a game, and I guess I I really hate ignorance, and I heard this journalist, he's a well-respected journalist, say, yo, what this game needs is some pink girl character so you could get the girls to play it. I was like, no, (laughs) we don't need pink fucking girls in a game to play it. We don't, we're past the Barbies, we're past the My Little Ponies people. That was the worst, the worst part. Wow. (laughs) That pissed me off, and that was like, when I get home and I write about this game, I'm going to mention it doesn't need fucking pink or girls in there. (laughs) (laughs) Don't need to cater to this girl, at least. Very, very well said. (laughs) What about you, Steve? What's your, what's your roughest memory thus far? being the right-hand man and all <laughs> um well we were we were um we were minutes away from opening the doors at bowery ballroom and clutch was like uh all right we're, we're gonna go set up we need the the rest of our uh we need the 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 bottom half of our retainer and we handed them a check and they were like no that's supposed to be in cash oh shit 4 30 on a friday and uh, we had to figure out how to get, you know, a large sum, like 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 a uh, like a bag, you know, like a canvas bag with a dollar sign on it. We had to figure out how to get that. 
Oh, Scrooge McDuck bag. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can imagine the sweat, as, and and you're in a suit. You're in a suit, and you're running around Lower East Side, Manhattan. Yeah, it's it, you know, it turns into the French Connection. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, doors are opening in, in, in a half an hour, and the band, the band that everybody's paying to see, that everybody's paying to see, the reason Bowery Ballroom is sold out, they are, uh, they're threatening not to, to, to play because we don't have the cash. So, uh, wow. Yeah. The trials and tribulations of, of uh, overstepping your bounds, <laughs> you know? Well, that, well, I think, I think we're good. That about covers it. Um, let's let's get it together where can guys well guys and girls find you social media on the web of course royalflushmagazine.com Danny where can they link up with you and find you so they can find me on twitter uh, royalflushgal is my twitter handle and um, any gaming article that goes up on the facebook site for royalflush so that's also me too so they can connect with me through there all right what about you steve i'm available on the site steve chanks uh you can find me easily there or you know steve chanks at royalflushmagazine.com i usually answer uh any emails i get i don't do the twitter thing because i don't talk enough I, at least <laughs> i don't talk out in the crowd enough um but, uh, yeah, that way is, uh, is probably the best way. And, um, you know, people that are interested in, in being part of, of uh, the bigger picture, if, if, they're, if they think that they are the, the hottest shot of the hot shots, then they can, then they can come to, to the table. Awesome. All right. You've just heard my take radios beyond the mic royal flush has taken us beyond the mic with the royal flush magazine you can find them at royalflushmagazine.com look for them on facebook twitter their youtube as well on their link and you can follow danny at royal flush gal look for royal flush on facebook steve you can email him steve chanks or steve at royalflushmagazine.com that's Thanks us. a lot guys awesome. thanks rich thanks